0: And sign up today you're listening to the portrait system podcast
1: but then eventually after a few years i was very unaligned and very burnt out and i realized it was not exactly what i wanted to do anymore so this is when i decided to leave everything and move online
0: This week, my guest on The Portrait System is Pauline Goya, and what a beautiful soul she is. Not only is her fine art portrait work absolutely breathtaking, but she's just so lovely to chat with. Pauline has been creating fine art for a long time, but her business was focused on lifestyle portraits, and it was just not fulfilling her like she needed and she decided she needed to find a way to keep doing her passion. Pauline also talks with us about how she creates her images, what her favorite tools are in Photoshop, and how she brings her visions to life. Okay, let's get started with Pauline Goya. Hi, Pauline. Welcome to The Portrait System. How are you? Hi, Nikki. I'm very, very good. And you? I'm good. I'm good. I just want to tell the listeners I was kind of laughing because I always... I always try to get the names right of our guests, like how they would say it. But the way that Pauline says her name is so beautiful. And I'm over here like, Pauline. like, <laughs> so, so. And you have the most beautiful French accent because you're French, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Because it's very hard to get on podcasts. That are very hard for confidence, you know, to get to speak to people during... A long time with my weird accent. I'm like, oh, I hope they will stay with us. This is something,
0: you're not the first person to say that who has English as their second language or third language. And I always say, like, it is so humbling that I only speak one language. And I always say to, to our guests who, you know, English isn't their first language, like, oh, please don't worry. Like, <laughs> I'm just think, I'm just always so amazed and impressed that you speak more than than one language. And I know what the listeners are too, so...
1: Okay, well I think so we all have so a lot of
0: grace when it comes to like <laughs> I mean I don't even say words properly, you know, so Oh it's all right, me neither. Not worry. I okay, <laughs> French. All right. So why don't you tell people I know you're French, tell people where you live and where you kind of run your business right now.
1: Oh right. So I'm from Paris originally and I started to live as an expat like four years ago, I think. I was moving around a tiny bit and I just applied for my residency in Indonesia and I live in Bali at the moment. Okay, awesome.
0: Now, I know you didn't always have your business in Italy, but how how long have you been doing business there?
1: So I've been working online for three years, I think. Yeah, just before COVID, I moved all my business online And it it was a great move because then COVID happened and all the photography studios were closed for one year. Right. Like, I was like, "Ooh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I want to back up because
0: your business, how it's running now is entirely different than when you first started. So how, how long have you been a photographer?
1: So I've been a photographer for, I think it's been eight years that I'm self-employed, like and not working for someone before that I was a graphic designer and art director and this is what I studied but then it was like eight years ago I found so bright you know like a lot of people and I'm like oh this is amazing I want to do this and I've wanted to live as a photographer at this time so I moved my I moved away from design and went full-time into portrait photography and I think I've learned a lot into the sous model after that I've worked on my like portrait studio and I had my portrait studio in Paris and I'm trying to think of the timeline yeah so I've had my I was following the model like you know what's yeah. built on the Portrait system and everything for for a long time and I've learned so much. But then eventually, after a few years, I was very unaligned and very burnt out, and I realized it was not exactly what I wanted to do anymore. Okay. So this is when I decided to leave everything and move online. Well, okay. Let's stop there for a second. Yeah.
0: So for people who are listening who might not who might not kind of understand, when we say Sue's model, it's really, it's a business model for for portrait photographers. And it's based on pricing and marketing. And it's just, it's kind of like a guideline that people can follow. And then everyone can make it their own based on what their interests are and what their needs are. And, you know, the kind of like meat and potatoes of it is the same, but it looks different for everyone. Like, do do you agree with that, do you think?
1: Yeah, yeah. I do agree with that. And I think at this time, I was very like separating my fine art, my creativity, and my portrait clients. And I think it was the base of my problem. I was not able to mix them together and to make a living out of my fine art thing. And yeah, yeah, Yeah. yeah. See what I mean? So I was like living this life being totally torn apart constantly and i'm i would be curious to know if some people feel the same but i did not felt any space to like have this pure freedom of creativity mm-hmm. and then the portraits were very like following the rules and everything it was mm-hmm. probably something from my side you know yeah yeah it's really interesting because there's i feel like there are kind of
0: Okay, I'm just going to generalize here that there are like two of us groups. There are people like you and Richard Wood and Farooq Givari. Like you all have this sort of like deep desire to create. Like you said, you were an art director and graphic design and all of these things before even becoming a photographer. So I feel like like this is in your blood to just create and make these just amazingly talented, like so much thought and preparation and everything goes into your portraits and then there are you know kind of photographers like me where it's like yes I love to be creative of course mm-hmm. but I love following a system where there's like rules for posing and composition and, and it gives me like a guideline and that's not to say that I don't break the rules be, because I do 100% but I love having my client shoots where it's predictable and I you know I know how I'm going to make them look their best and it. I don't feel the need to like constantly be creating new and different things. Whereas it seems like that is something that is super passionate and important to you. So I feel like there's kind of two different types of photographers. I
1: don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. And I really actually love to hear how you are actually passionate about creating like traditional portraiture, like what I would call traditional portraiture. Mm -hmm. And when you say you have you're very happy to follow rules and everything. I find it fascinating because this is the worst for me. <laughs> it just like kills my soul. And it's just, just like, uh,
0: so. <laughs> I know. It really is funny. It really is funny. And I guess the way I look at it is, I don't know. I guess I just really like the stability of it and just, I've just I've made such a great life and living from doing it, and there are times, Pauline, where I'm like, okay, I just need to do a shoot for me, and I'll create a new backdrop, and I'll you know do the things, but but my I don't I don't mind the day to day in my studio with my same stuff, and but I guess and one of the reasons I'm so excited to have you on is because you are someone who has you know found a way to continue. Like these, this crea- the creativity that you have with just you know the portraits that you that you make and get away from that like mundane thing that was driving you crazy. I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I would say it was not really like a choice. I think it was more like I was so burnt out, I had to change. So when your body is like giving up, you're yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, right. I think this lifestyle is is not for me. So, yeah. and it's interesting because I was finally able to sustain myself and to have this studio like working and finally making an income and having finally, it's like, yeah, like, woo, you know, fine. <laughs> it mm-hmm. would be on the success story finally. And then overnight I'm like, Oh crap, this is horrible. I'm out.
0: So what was your business like? Like, can you give us a description of you know what type of photos were you shooting? You know, who was your typical client when you were in Paris?
1: So I was doing two things. I was doing my like more french people wanted to have like beautiful portraits and doing the nice experience especially for women i love photographing men also and yeah that was really something important for me to have both gender so this kind of experience more much more similar to like what you're doing for example and i was also working for the uh, five stars hotels in paris and it was like rich tourists coming to have an experience in Paris. And I was also doing this. And that was fun. It was really a lot of incredible experience. You said it was like lifestyle portraits? Yeah, it's more lifestyle. You know, they want to have like a gorgeous shot like in front of the Eiffel Tower, these kind of things. And it was very interesting. And I think being French myself, it was nice to be able to share what I love about Paris, too foreign tourist, and being in all these incredible places was also yeah it was cool like honestly and I've learned so much also from the what would you say luxury industry like is it a word from this very high-end clients because mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you're not allowed any mistakes with them it's it's not like someone you get in your own space and if something goes wrong, you can, you know, improvise or make it right. Like, you don't have the right to make any mistakes with this kind of clients when you're working for the REITs or something like that. So I've learned so much from this. But after a few years, I was like, okay, where is this going? If I stay here, I'm going to stay stuck here. So mm-hmm. I think the most brutal thing for me was to completely remove myself from the place i was living to start fresh and to start again because some part of me was like if i stay there i'm going to keep doing it because you mm-hmm. know the money is coming so i will be kind of stuck so yeah i moved away and decided to to do exactly what i wanted okay so that is a little bit
0: tricky when the money's coming yeah and you might not be doing the things, like the type of work that you feel passionate about. Yeah, yeah. But it's nice when it's stable and there's clients coming in. And I think sometimes people get, get stuck there. Like, okay, now how do I monetize what I really want to do? Like, mm-hmm. like, and I encourage people, as long as you're not driving, to stop and look at Pauline's Instagram or website. And I know you recently lost your Instagram and had to start over, which sucks. Oh, yeah, I'm so and um, they shadow band
1: again. So they're blocking me again. So ah, social media not
0: Ugh, I'm so sorry uh, that no, happened to Kate right. Douglas, who I interviewed on this podcast as well. she and she does boudoir, and she was thinking maybe it was because of nudity as well, uh,
1: yeah, of but course. she
0: had like forty five hundred followers, and she oh, had to start over is, like
1: oh, no, shortly after the
0: interview that I did with her. such a bummer. So I'm sorry that happened. But so your Instagram, it's Pauline and then it's G O. Why don't you say it just so I, I get it right? Let me, it's G O. Uh,
1: G O Y A R D. Underscore. Then underscore new. And if you don't write exactly the name, you won't find it because they shadow banned me. Ugh, <laughs> that's
0: so frustrating. So, it's so guys, frustrating. Don't
1: rely on your social media. Learn from my lesson. Get a newsletter. Get website. Like find a way to stay in touch with people that are following you that are not, a hundred percent on social media. Like please, mm-hmm. please, please. Yeah, yeah. Very yes,
0: important. this is this is a good side note lesson. <laughs> yeah. Why it is so so important to have an email list.
1: Yeah,
0: and and to like you said to keep it off of social media. Like you have a newsletter. I noticed through your your link tree and things like that. Like if you're uh, if you're out there and you don't have an email list yet, it is so 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 important. And, you know, there are different ways to get people on your email list. And that's, you know, that's a story for a different day. But Mm. it's so crucial because someone like you or like Kate or, you know, at one point, Sue lost her Facebook. Like, you never know when you're going to wake up in the morning and it's just gone.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's exactly this. I woke up in the morning and there was like nothing anymore. And then I reached to them like... Many, 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 many times and then never ever ever reply. Like you mm-hmm. will only get an answer if you have like a contact there or something or you
0: Yeah, it's a black hole. Like have, there's yeah, no yeah. one there's no one to help you.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, very for sure.
0: frustrating. Anyway, okay. So I encourage people to look at your Instagram and just just and then your in your website too. If, if you click click on the link on your bio, you have the link tree and that takes you to your portfolio and that sort of thing. Just so people get an idea of the type of fine art work that you do you know you're not doing the high volume you know a million photo shoots a week so were you did you find that you were able to kind of you know were people hiring you at all for that type of work or were you just strictly doing you know lifestyle family that sort of thing
1: so you know what I think I was so scared to just sell my fine work I thought it would be like losing my freedom and it was just like oh yeah just a massive massive block and I think this is also one of the problem we have when we have something this creative and this free we want to like keep it free because there's also a feeling for creative like I have a lot of artists in my close circle and it feels like if you start selling your art, then you're losing your soul. And okay, m- maybe interesting. it's not a good way to think, you know? Maybe we can make what we love and also make money out of it. But there is this big block around artists, you know? Where do you and, think that comes from? Mm, that's very interesting. I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's a lot of things. It's probably maybe artists, have a lot of trouble valuing what they do what they make and also like I went to design school for five years and there was never a business class you know Mm -hmm. there was they never talked about like marketing and money and just how to how to sell your stuff it was always about concept and creativity and, and all this kind of stuff but it it takes you nowhere if you're not able to sell it. So in my mind, it was two very separate things. It was like me creating art and me having clients. And somehow both of them were not mixing together. And I'm curious to know about what people think about this, if they have the same feeling, if they are in the same position, because I'm probably not the only one.
0: No oh no I definitely don't think you're the you're the only one at all yeah and and I can I can see where you're coming from like I mean that's like your heart and soul and how do you put a price tag on that so I understand that but at the same time it's like i, I are okay or well, let me ask you this do you feel like the expectations are then different like when someone's paying you now it's it's about them as well it's not just about your vision do you think that has something to do with it
1: Yeah, for sure. But then I think it's not something that's not compatible. Mm -hmm. I think the perfect client now, and I do take clients now for portraits, but I do only clients that are going to give me this freedom and this trust in my vision. And it's actually super amazing to realize they actually exist, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's not... It's not something that's impossible. It's tricky. It's probably not the easiest path, but it's also the most rewarding. And it's also, it does not have to be separated. You can make money doing weird stuff and it's fine. And there's always weird people outside to love this as well. <laughs> that's <really my laughs> a reminder. It just seems like
0: why wouldn't you get paid for your time and your energy and your effort? You know what I mean? Like, I guess if you're an artist and you have a different job, you know, a different paying job or something else, then it doesn't quite matter as much. But if Mm -hmm. this is what you want to do all the time, it seems like you do have to kind of work through that block. Otherwise, how do you survive?
1: Yeah, for sure. But that's also, okay. I think there's different layers to it. Because for me, for example, doing the fine art things when I was learning how to be a photographer, because I've learned everything online by myself, doing like weird stuff, like in my kitchen with people half naked and like like a homemade soapbox whatever. It's also what gave me the skills to create beautiful portraits. So it was also my free space to learn in a safe way something that I could apply with clients later. So it's more complicated than this. There's also the awards things, you know, like do people create something especially for awards or do they take like a normal portrait from a client? You know, sometimes you have to make something special and a bit different and a bit out of the comfort zone to just get your skills like, get better skills. You have to learn something new and to get a bit out of the comfort zone. So it's Mm -hmm. not really as, like, black and white, I think. It's like, Yeah. yeah, you don't get paid, but you learn so much and it pushes the boundaries of what you are also able to create. So for me, it's, like, incredibly valuable to be able to make this. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like... Okay, so, I, I mean,
0: obviously, the cat's out of the bag that you're not necessarily making your income now off of, you know, customers paying for your fine art work all the time. You do have some, though, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. So, can you give us an idea of, you know, how are you? Because you said you moved to Italy. You're not doing the traditional kind of lifestyle portraits anymore. You're still doing your creative fine artwork with just a few clients, yeah. right? So how are you, how did you then, you know, how do you monetize what you do?
1: Oh, yeah, that's a really good question. So I decided to move my business online. And it was before COVID, so I was very happy I did. Because I wanted to be free from living in any location. So I lived as a nomad for a few years. And I just have, actually, I just live with like, Two sweet cases, like one is clothes and shoes, and the other one is just like photography stuff and studio stuff. And I wanted to share more. I wanted to teach and to learn and to speak about like photography and creativity and how to make really cool images because I really, really love this. I find I find a great balance in creating and sharing. I'm mm-hmm. I'm very I'm very sad when I don't get to do both at the same time. It's a really mm-hmm. really beautiful balance. So, I'm doing more of this and that's been really really rewarding. So, for example, I will give you like an example. I've been working for Adobe for the last 3 years and I'm hosting the live show in France on the YouTube channel and I get to like interview creative And of course, I do like a lot of Photoshop teaching, all of this. And I was thinking the other day, this is really cool. Like I get to create my weird images, like Mm -hmm. very Photoshopped and very worked, you know. But then I get paid to teach Photoshop through these images that I created, especially for the class. So I'm like, oh, whoa, I think I broke the system. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the, and the, and it's really great because I feel like you you found a way to make it work. So it didn't feel comfortable to you to try to find clients to sell your fine art to, which is totally fine. But you found a way to to be able to do what you do and still and still make a living. Like, it, and and I, I love watching your behind the scenes stuff. Like, I was looking at a reel that you did, and it was there's this this photo. It's really intense, and this this guy, and is he's like screaming, and his mouth is lit up. And then if you <laughs> if you swipe, you can see the, the behind-the-scenes video where you and this guy are, like, laughing. And he, like, puts this big, like, ball of light, plastic ball in his mouth and smiles, like, this, like, cheesy, dorky little smile, you know. And you guys are laughing. And I love seeing that sort of thing. Like, I mean, literally, it's a plastic ball that lights up that you had... <laughs> some guy put in his mouth and you created this like insanely amazing portrait out of it and those are the types of things that I think people really love to see you know like all of that behind the scenes and how it can be so just such a simple concept but you can elevate it into just something really incredible
1: yeah for sure I just I just love this you know like sometimes we take ourselves too seriously and it's nice to remind yourself to just have fun and create and make silly stuff even if the result is like very professional and serious and like it's always important to deliver like a great service to a client but it doesn't mean the process has to be just very serious and very you know you can do crazy stuff with very little gear and plenty of DIY, and just as long as you have ideas, I really, really believe in this. Just find a solution and people will follow you and be even more impressed that you can do crazy, crazy stuff with very little. I think that's, yeah, that's super fun. I love to, mm-hmm. I love to be, yeah, to craft some crazy things. It's super, it's always a nice adventure.
0: Yeah, it, and I don't want people out there to think that you can't sell fine, fine art Oh, to yeah, yeah clients because yeah, there yeah. are a lot of people who do this really successfully
1: yeah for sure so I will be like very honest with you I still have clients but it's only when I come back to Europe because now because I'm living in Indonesia I don't have the right visa at the moment it's just it's uh, the only thing okay. stopping me uh, so okay you right. see what I mean so yes, 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 when yes. you're an expat you have this kind of problem so for now I'm like doing my thing online and I'm very very happy about it and then each time I travel a lot and when I travel I book the like the photo shoot there so it's a good balance I really like it this way
0: okay yeah yeah that makes a big difference it's it's not yeah, always sure. easy to like when Sue moved from Australia to Seattle initially yeah. she had to have a sponsor too I mean it's moving from one country to the other and then trying to work is not, it's not easy.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's it's also a good, like, reminder for, like, do whatever you want, you know, but be responsible adults. Like, if you come and you do, like, a workshop in Europe and you're American, you're not supposed to do it, you know? So I'm very Mm -hmm. aware of this limitation and I don't want to play this game. I want to be, like... Okay, I'm just doing photo shoot where I'm allowed to. So I'm European. Mm-hmm. I can do like mm-hmm. all Europe countries, and that's really cool. Yeah, and
0: I mean, can you imagine if you if you didn't follow the proper channels and you woke up and not only was your Instagram gone, but your business was shut down? Oh, like, yeah,
1: you shut down. You deported. You can never yeah. like, travel again. That's a nightmare. So no, that's the that's the reason I'm not like doing okay. photo shoots yeah. here. So it's not really like. Yeah, I wish I could. I'm working on it. But at the mm-hmm. moment, this is how it goes. And I still do, like, photo shoots when I'm in Paris. Mm-hmm. I, I think,
0: yeah, this is good. I, You know, I wasn't sure. Like, I knew I was going to interview you about just being creative and portrait, you know, how, just your amazing portraits and that sort of thing and, and what you do now for business. But I wasn't sure, you know, what we would... I like to keep my interviews very organic. So I wasn't sure where exactly we would go with this. And I love now thinking this through, as far as being an instructor, I feel like it's like a happy medium where like you said, teaching lights you up and it's so, it's just so fun. And, And I'm the same. Teaching lights me up as well. Like I care about people and their success. I care that they're doing well and I know you are as well because I know I know you personally and you have that just amazing like kind warm energy to you and I feel like it's a good happy medium there that you get to be able to do exactly what you want with your portraits and you get to show other people how to do it it's really cool yeah
1: oh it's the best life (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's really cool it took me like such a long time to find this balance and I live also in my dream country so Mm -hmm. it's like it's incredible to be able to, to get there. Let, and then, no, my question is more, okay, what's going to be the next step? But you know, sometimes it's also nice to stop for a few months and be like, oh, all right, that's nice. Can I just enjoy it for a few <laughs> weeks? hmm mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so one thing I can hear people saying, like if if people out there are listening who are thinking, who are thinking they might want to like monetize teaching and what they do, but there's a million other, you know, photography instructor instructors out there and it's so saturated and, you know, the market of for teaching is saturated. I can almost hear people saying that just like how people say, like, I can't be a photographer in, you know, Plymouth, Michigan, because there's too many already. Yeah, sure. How do you kind of, you know, get yourself out there and get yourself noticed so that, you know, people do want to learn from you and they do want to purchase the... Because you have classes, right?
1: So I do private mentoring. Okay. I, so it's a bit different and I would say to you I think like eight years ago when I decided I wanted to go full-time photographer everyone was like, oh but there's so many photographers in Paris. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, but that's not me. So I will go there and make it work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think I still have the same passion around making new projects. So that's why I'm still out there making new things. As long as you have the certainty inside of you that you can make it work, you know, you find a way. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. what you were saying about photography and education and everything, I find it really interesting. So what I see a lot in like photography education is like photographers teaching how to make what they are doing. You know, they're teaching Mm -hmm. their like, photoshop style the t- teaching yes. the shooting style which is absolutely fine
0: but it's fine for people like me who learn from a system and now i get to teach my system to other exactly. people but for yeah. people like you her, whose brain is just a totally different creative like the way that you work i feel like
1: what you oh, do yeah. for me makes like, more sense yeah like what why are you giving me a recipe? I want to do my own thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm, So what I do in my mentoring on, on my like private courses, like whatever you want to call it, it's more look at people's work, like in depth and how do we make it better? And how does it look like your own style? And then you get to do your own thing and your own portfolio. And then I help people to build the right Photoshop skills around it if they need it. And it's so much more than just teaching what I know, like what I do, because what I do is just what, it's just a result of my life, of my like struggle, of my childhood trauma, (laughs) everything that Mm -hmm. I loved. So I, it makes no sense to me to teach this, you know, it's like you have to find your own way and I will help you create what you have in your mind with your own thing. And that's just awesome. I just love it. It's just so cool to have someone arrive with just like a nice portfolio, but they don't know how to make it really cool. Or I have people come and say to me also, I don't know how to get like a silver awards. Like, can you help me? And then we walk through these kind of things and it's more tailored. So yeah, you see I'm yeah, very passionate yeah. about it. You can hear. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're teaching people just to how to, how to elevate. Cuz yeah. I think
0: I think sometimes and also I wonder I wonder if maybe it's also teaching people how to get the idea from their brain out into the world. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, for sure. It's it's a mess. So it's like how do you get to find your ideas, how to make them happen in real life? Like you have all these things happening and you're like, "Oh, it's it's all over the place. Where do I start? Mm-hmm. What do I do? So it's it's like all this way and then meeting people where they are and try to get them to, like, closer to where they want to be. And that's really, really cool. I have a very cool story. Just, like, I've mentored a photographer and her name is, like, Alison Boots. She's mm-hmm. French, but she's incredibly successful. And then two months after, she won, like, grant master at the oh, portrait masters wow. award that's wonderful so this is incredible like this is so cool i'm super proud of her
0: okay so this brings up another good point is like awards yeah. you know for people who are really interested in okay so for the portrait masters awards we always get people who are like i just cannot get to the silver yeah. or i just cannot get to gold and i don't know how
1: exactly that's a real yeah yeah it yeah, is. Yeah. It
0: is. It's not easy. You know, I don't want people to think like, oh, because I never got a silver, I suck. I mean, that is not the case. It's just, it's a different beast. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, You're. it just, you have to take it to the next level. And I think sometimes people get really stuck. And, and this is something that Richard Wood and I talk about quite a bit too, mm-hmm. like when I interview him. And I feel like it's something that can be taught, like just because, like I have five silvers and I am not – the you know i don't do composites and you know i'm i don't consider myself the most creative photographer in the world obviously but i managed to get five silvers so it's not like just you don't have to be you or richard in order to yeah. to truly elevate i feel like you really can learn how yeah. to do it
1: yeah exactly but i think also learning by yourself it's so hard, you know, and like mm-hmm. watching another oh, so tutorial hard. and going to some people's work from teaching you like what they do. It's going to be really, really hard to get your work, get to this level. You see what yeah. I mean? Yeah, so, absolutely. So yeah, this is what I love to do. It's just like looking at people's work and say, okay, what do you want to do? You want to get an award? What do we do and what you can do? And so it's yeah. still their work, but they have help on this, and it's very, yeah, very tailored. I, I think it's super cool. I love it, and it's very linked also to my like art director job. You know, it makes sense. Everything is goes well together because well, being an art director is just this. It's like, okay, we're going to create a visual like branding for. company or something and it needs to look like this or something and how do we make it and then you find a designer you find the color you find everything so it's it's just applying this knowledge but to something else you know and i think Mm -hmm, it's like helping mm -hmm. people be kind of think more like art directors instead of thinking like photographers right okay yeah that
0: makes sense one more question before we get to the four that i always ask at the end of each episode
1: do you enter a lot of awards? Oh, that's a great question. So I did when I started. And for some reason, awards is something that I absolutely don't care about. So yeah. I... <laughs> it's like, that's I'm okay. Really, I, I mean, yeah. yeah. I'm, so I I'm a judge, a few,
0: but I don't enter my own work a whole oh, lot. Oh yeah, for days. sure.
1: So I did yeah. a few years ago. I won a few and I was like, I received a few golden medals and things, and I was like, Oh, I really don't care. (laughs) 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 I have a few silvers and the portrait masters and everything, but nothing recent just because I'm not, I don't feel the need to, like, I'm very confident where I am and it's something. Yeah. Just do it if you need it. But I do understand the need to enter them for sure. Maybe I will in the future because it, brings something maybe opportunities I don't know but I don't feel the desire for them at the moment yeah
0: yeah very cool that's awesome I love it you're like yeah I want a cup of gold but I don't need to keep doing it
1: (laughs) yeah it was nice you know like uh, I won like I like I think like final like nude of the year of something and then you know a few silvers and then a gold of something like I did it for a year and I was like yeah, okay. I think I can win them. It's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's But great. it does
1: not fill me with joy to have them, so it's all right. Yeah, awesome.
0: All right, very cool. Well, now I get to ask you the last questions that I always ask at the end. Ooh. And the first one is, what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot? It's gaffer tape. Interesting. No one's ever said that. Tell me more. Oh, really?
1: Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like it's there's always something to stick to a whoa, whoa, whoa you know gaffer tape is going to save your life every single time like mm-hmm. i even lost you know the tiny bar to fix the camera on the tripod the other day so i just like take my camera on the tripod it's going to save your life every day
0: yeah i love i have painter's tape too with me all the time because when I, especially when I do, um, I don't do it very often. But the high volume headshots, I just hang yep. with painters tape. I hang the the, the backdrop on yeah. a wall. I just tape it up instead of having to bring my light stands and you know,
1: yeah, backdrop exactly. Stand you can tape your light, your backdrop, your everything. Yeah. you know, like it's your model. You know, whatever. You, there's always something to tape. Yeah, I mean, your model. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's true. It's true. It happens.
1: Yeah. yeah. All right.
0: Uh, number two is how do you spend your time when you're not working
1: uh oh that's a cool question so you know i live in bali so it's wait bali (laughs) yeah oh my gosh pauline i thought you said italy how did i i think this
0: whole time i misunderstood and i thought you said italy bali that's
1: so cool (laughs)
0: oh my gosh i have a a lot more to learn about you
1: Oh, yeah. It's a problem of having a strong accent. You know, it's hard. I don't even know how to pronounce belly anymore. Oh,
0: gosh, that's like one of my dream places to go. That's on my list for sure. How wonderful is that? Oh, yeah. That makes more sense than when you said, you know, about shooting in Europe. Like, I was thinking, well, wait, isn't Italy in Europe? (laughs) oh yeah yeah and now we know that no
1: yeah of course you live in bali Yeah, yeah so very different adventure for sure yeah so it's a nice place for i think like i told you i burnt myself out in paris and i think Mm -hmm. living here brings more balance into being able to relax and well, it's still really hard for me, but there's more options to take care of yourself and mm-hmm. do yoga and drink coconuts by the beach. And it's really, it's this kind of lifestyle that brings me a lot of joy and balance, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, when I do go, oh, that'd be so nice to visit you. And then you could, yeah. Oh, oh, now my brain is true. like going on my own minute. I can't go oh, anywhere yeah. else this Let's year. Recruit, I have a million dollars. Cool. I know I do. You? <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. I can't do anything this year though. I have my my niece is I'm taking my niece to Greece for her graduation present. That's where she chose to go.
1: Oh, this and is so. And then cool I also. get to
0: speak in New Zealand.
1: Oh, this is so And awesome. then
0: going to Phoenix with Sue for some um self-value workshops, which that's the last time we saw each other was in Phoenix at Sue's house. Yeah, and exactly. I must, I must just be a really shitty listener sometime that I didn't pick up on the fact that you live in Bali. I'm so oh, sorry. I don't, I don't,
1: sorry. <laughs> It was so much emotion,
0: the workshop, I understand. I know, it was, it was, it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, okay, so number three is, what is your favorite inspirational quote?
1: Ooh, I think my favorite quote Quote at the moment, because I have a few, I have a crazy fight with like so many of them, but at the moment, there's one that I really appreciate and it's from Helen Faggin and she's a Holocaust survivor. And she said, there are times when dreams sustain us more than facts. And I think it's interesting and it's a good reminder that yeah it's okay to... Be a bit creative Mm -hmm. and an artist and everything. We do need to think differently and to keep our dreams alive. That's very Mm -hmm. important. I love that. All right. Number four is
0: what would you tell people who are just starting out?
1: Oh, that's cool. Um, Don't listen to the negative people and have fun, experiment, fail a lot and try stuff. Meet new people meet the people you want to be with and meet the people that are who you want to be. I think that would be this. That's a lot of advice, but yeah, that's (laughs) probably this.
0: No, that's good. It's great advice. All right. Well, thank you again so much. And where can people find you online again? Uh,
1: So they can find me maybe on Instagram, but I would probably recommend my website. So it's just my name, PaulineGoyard.com. And please, like, get a newsletter or subscribe to mine if you want to keep in touch. Social medias, we don't know what's going to happen. But I'm still around. You can find me also on Facebook and Instagram, you know. But, yep,
0: awesome. Yep. All right, my dear. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for doing this with me. This is so, so interesting. I'm, I'm so glad we did it. Yeah,
1: thank thank you so much, Nikki, for having me. After like all these years that I've been following the podcast, finally like took this bravery to finally send you a message. So that's really cool. Yeah, awesome. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, and thank you everyone.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to subriceeducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-Day Startup Challenge, plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's subriceeducation.com. It's time for me to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Fujifilm North America. If you haven't experienced portraits and wedding scenes created on the large format GFX system digital camera sensor, you are missing out. Along with up to 102 megapixel resolution, you'll find rich colors and gorgeous in-camera looks. There's also AI-driven subject detection and 8 frames per second bursts inside the compact GFX100 digital camera. Hit the link in this episode's description to view the products. It's time to dream big in your creative process.